Chapter 5 of Treachery in Outer Space by Carrie Rockwell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 5 We regret to announce that the spaceship La Belle France, piloted by Gigi Duarte, has crashed. Captain Strong's voice was choked with emotion as he made the announcement over the spaceport public address system. There was an audible groan of sympathy from the thousands of spectators in the grandstands. In spite of every precaution for safety, death had visited the spaceways. Strong continued, We have just received official confirmation from Luna City that the Paris Venusport Transfer Company entry exploded in space soon after leaving Luna City. Captain Duarte had flown the first leg of the race from Earth to the Moon in record time. The Solar Guard officer snapped off the microphone and turned to Tom, Roger, and Astro. It's hard to believe that the French chicken won't be shuttling from Paris to Venusport anymore, he murmured. Are there any details, sir? asked Tom. You know there are never any details, Corbett said Strong, with a little edge in his voice. Then he immediately apologized. I'm sorry, Tom. Gigi was an old friend. The door behind them opened, and an enlisted spaceman stepped inside, saluting smartly. Ready for the next blast-off, Captain Strong, he announced. Who is it? asked Strong, turning to the intercom, connecting him with the control tower that coordinated all the landings and departures at the spaceport. The spaceman referred to a clipboard. It's the Space Lance, sir, piloted by Captain Stycoon. He's representing an independent company from Marsopolis. Right, thanks. Strong turned to the intercom mic, calling, Captain Strong to Control Tower, check in. Say, I'd like to see this fellow blast, said Tom. He's supposed to be one of the hottest pilots ever to hit space. Yeah, agreed Roger. He's so good I don't see how anyone else could have a chance. With that hot rocket in this race, said Astro, the others will have to fight for second and third place. Control tower to Strong. A voice crackled over the intercom loudspeaker. Ready here, sir. Right. Stand by for the next flight, Mac, replied Strong. It's Tycoon. Strong flipped a switch on the intercom to direct contact with the waiting ship and gave Stycoon their oft-repeated final briefing, concluding, Do not go beyond the necessary limitations of fuel consumption that are provided for in the Solar Guard space code. If you return here with less than a quarter supply of reactant fuel, you will be disqualified. Stand by to blast off. Uh-huh, was all the acknowledgement Strong received from the Martian. Famed for his daring, Stakun was also known for his taciturn personality. Clear ramp, clear ramp, Strong boomed over the public address system. When he received the all-clear from the enlisted spaceman on the ramp, Strong flipped both the public address system and the intercom on. Stand by to raise ship. He glanced at the astral chronometer. Blastoff minus five, four, three, two, one. Zero. Tom, Roger, and Astro crowded to the viewport in Strong's command shack to watch the bulky Martian ship take to space. 
With Stikoon at the controls, there was no hesitation. He gave the ship full throttle from the moment of blast-off, and in three seconds was out of sight. There wasn't much to see at such speed. The three members of the Polaris unit left the shack to return to their task of inspection. They passed the maintenance hangar, where Kit Barnard was readying his ship for blast-off in the next half hour. Any last-minute hitches, Kit? asked Astro, vitally interested in the new reactor unit and its cooling system. Kit smiled wearily and shook his head. All set. Good, Tom smiled. We'll try to be back before you blast. We've got to check Quint Miles's ship now. As the three cadets approached the sleek black vessel with its distinctive markings, the airlock opened and Quint Miles stepped out on the ladder. It's about time you three jerks showed up, he sneered. I have to blast off in twenty minutes. What's the idea of messing around with that Barnard creep? He hasn't got a chance anyway. Is that so? snapped Roger. Listen. Roger, barked Tom warningly. Quint grinned. That's right. Lay off, Buster. Get to your inspecting and let a spaceman blast off. Kip Barnard will blast off after you and still beat you back, growled Roger, stepping into the ship. He stopped suddenly and gasped in amazement. Well, blast my jets! Tom and Astro crowded into the airlock and looked around, open-mouthed. Before them was what appeared to be a hollow shell of a ship. There were no decks or bulkheads, nothing but an intricate network of ladders connecting the various operating positions of the spaceship. Everything that could be removed had been taken out of the ship. "'Is this legal?' asked Roger incredulously. "'I'm afraid it is, Roger,' said Tom. "'But we're going to make sure that everything that's supposed to be in a spaceship is in this one. "'When I blast off, I don't intend carrying any passengers,' growled Miles behind them. "'If you're going to inspect, then inspect and stop gabbing.' "'Let's go,' said Tom grimly. The three boys split up and began crawling around in the network of exposed supporting beams and struts that took the place of decks and bulkheads. It did not take them long to determine that Quint Miles' ship was in perfect condition for blast-off. With but a few minutes to spare, they returned to face Miles in the airlock. "'Okay, you're cleared,' Tom announced. "'But it'll take more than a light ship to win this race,' said Roger, unable to restrain himself." He added, You're bucking the best space busters in the universe. One of them, Quint held up his finger, is dead. Yeah, growled Astro, but there are plenty more, just as good as Gigi Duarte. The intercom buzzer sounded in the ship, and Quint snapped. Beat it, I've got a race to win. He pushed the three cadets out of the airlock and slammed the plug-like door closed. From two feet away, it was impossible to spot the seams in the metal covering on the port and the hull. Clear ramp, clear ramp, Strong's voice echoed over the spaceport. Tom, Roger, and Astro scurried down the ladder and broke away from the ramp in a run. They knew Quint Miles would not hesitate to blast off, whether anyone was within range of his exhaust or not. Blast off minus five, four, three... Two, one, zero. 
Again, the spaceport reverberated to the sound of a ship blasting off. All eyes watched the weirdly painted black ship shudder under the surge of power and then shoot spaceward as if out of a cannon. Well, ring me around Saturn, breathed Tom, looking up into the sky where the black ship had disappeared from view. Whatever Quint Miles is, he can sure take acceleration. Spaceman, said Astro, taking a deep breath. You can say that again. Wow. I hope it broke his blasted neck, said Roger. And you saw him messing around here, Sid? asked Kit Barnard of his young helper. That's right, replied the crew chief. I was on the control deck checking out the panel, and I happened to look down. I couldn't see too well, but it was a big guy. Messing around the reactor, huh? mused Kit, almost asking the question of himself. That's right. I checked it right away, but I couldn't find anything wrong. Well, it's too late now, anyway. I blast in three minutes. Grimly, Kit Barnard looked up at the sky, where the black ship had just vanished. Spaceman's luck, Kit, said Sid, offering his hand. Kit grasped it quickly and jumped into his ship, closing the airlock behind him. As Sid climbed down from the ramp, the three cadets rushed up breathlessly, disappointed at being unable to give Kit their personal good wishes. Well, anyway, I gave the new reactor my blessing last night, said Astro as they walked away from the ramp. You were aboard the ship last night? Sid exclaimed. Uh-huh, replied Astro. Hope you don't mind. Not a bit, Sid broke into a smile. Woo! I thought for a while it was Quint. What about Quint? asked Tom. I saw someone messing around on the power deck last night and thought it might be Quint. But now that you say it was you, Astro, there isn't anything to worry about. Reaching a safe distance from the ramp, they stopped just as Strong finished counting off the seconds to blast off. Zero. Zero. The three cadets and Sid waited for the initial shattering roar of the jets, but it did not come. Instead, there was a loud bang, followed by another, and then another, and only then did the ship begin to leave the ground, gradually picking up speed and shooting spaceward. What was wrong? asked Tom, looking at Sid. The feeders, replied the young engineer miserably. They're not functioning properly. They're probably jamming. Astro looked puzzled. But I checked those feeders myself, just before you closed the casing, he said. They were all right then. Are you sure? asked Sid. Of course I'm sure, said Astro. Checking the feeders is one of my main jobs. Then it must be the reactant, said Tom. Did Kit use standard reactant? Sid nodded. Got it right here at the spaceport. Same stuff everyone else is using. Gloomily, the four young spacemen turned away from the ramp and headed for the control tower to hear the latest reports from the ships already underway. There were only a few more ships scheduled to blast off, and the cadets had already inspected them. Wait a minute, said Tom, stopping suddenly. The fuel tanks are on the port side of the ship, and the feeders are on the starboard. Where did you see this fellow messing around, Sid? Sid thought a moment, and then his face clouded. 
Come to think of it, I saw him on the port side. I wasn't even close to the tanks, exclaimed Astro. There was someone messing around with them then, said Roger. Yes, said Tom grimly, but we don't know who or what he did. From the sound of those rockets, said Astro, Kit's feeders are clogged, or there's something in his reactant that the strainers are not filtering out. Well, sighed Roger, there isn't anything Kit can do but keep going and hope that everything turns out for the best. If he can keep going, said Tom, you know there are some things about this whole race that really puzzle me. What? asked Roger. Impure reactant in Kit's ship? After fellows like Kit, Astro, and Sid checked it a hundred times? Gigi Duarte crashing after making record speed to the moon? The minimum specifications being stolen from Commander Walters? Tom stopped and looked at his friends. That enough? Roger, Astro, and Sid considered the young cadet's words. The picture Tom presented had many curious sides, and no one had the slightest idea of how to go beyond speculation and find proof. End of chapter 5